And we're back Tuesday, Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day as the PGA Tour continues to roll on. Let's just take a quick gander back to last weekend. Sam Burns, my man, got his second win on the PGA Tour. He's in the field this week. Don't put it past him to go back to back and make it three wins. The guy is on fire playing great golf. Get that putter heated up a little bit more, and he might just route this field at the Shriners Children's Open. Great tournament, TPC Summer, and, and uh, well, it's Vegas week this week and next week. No better guy to have on than the man himself. Look at him back from Baja Mar, beating the bookie. How you doing? Hopefully uh, you had a better weekend than Urban Meyer did there at uh, Baja Mar. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I had more fun than he did, but um you know, I certainly didn't get in any trouble, so it was a better, better weekend. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to be on with the uh, Ryder Cup celebrity host, uh, Travis Fulton. Yeah, More off a big Seahawks <laughs> victory against the 49ers. How you feeling? Yeah, I feel good. You know, I mean, you know, of course, the Seahawks and the 49ers are a big rivalry. It was really heated back in the day. It's tailored off a little. Partly do because the the division is so tough. The NFC West is just, yeah, it's brutal. These guys are going to beat each other up. We get it back at it Thursday night against the Rams, but it always feels good to beat the Niners, man. I mean, it's just that feels great. We're two and two. We have a ways to go. We have yeah. holes. That but you're only four games in. So much can change, as you know, in the NFL. I know you made some money on the I Pats did. game. Brady going back. As you always do, you seem to be on the right side of these NFL games too. Yeah, you know what was crazy? Uh, Saturday, Saturday night at the craps table at Bahamar was Eddie De, Eddie DeBartolo, like the yeah. 49ers owner. Kind of like weird. I when he have a game the next day, but um, you know he was there. You know hmm. at the sportsbook bar, so that was a little interesting. You know, I picked up uh, one of the, a fantastic craps run Sunday night before the uh, Patriots game started. So it was nice to make your entire trip in a, on a two hour craps run. So <laughs> that was fun. You know, Patriots so, game, the rain kind of killed it, but it is. Yeah. What it is. Yeah, I did. Yeah. The, the rain did, but you know, not surprised Brady goes in and ones up uh, Belichick there. 19 what was it? 1917 uh, was the final score. Tell me how you play craps. I mean, there's a lot of ways to play it. Are you, are you like placing the six and the eight? Are you coming out all the time and getting on the numbers? What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. So I play, I play the pass line. I don't play don't pass. I think don't pass is for like cowards. I mean, that's how, that's how every pass line player feels. Um, how you can just play don't pass and just hope somebody, you know, shoots a seven. I can't stand that. So I always play the pass. I play the inside numbers, you know, five, six, eight, nine. Um, and I'll place those like right after the point is set. Mm-hmm. And I always like to play. I have a strategy where it's like, if the point is five or the point is nine, I play hard four or hard 10. Um, so if I hit those hard ways, you know, say I start with a 50 on it. If I hit it for 50, um, I'll press it to a hundred. Um, uh, and that, you know, we had the hard four hit, you know, three straight times on the table wow. on Sunday night. So Wow. It was a nice table and I, I keep pressing my bets until I get up to about 150 
on the points. Um, you just kind of get that feeling when it's been like long enough. Yeah. Well, you know, like maybe the bad number it could be coming. So maybe I'll take my bets down a little bit. Um, but I've just pretty much been doing the same strategy for, for a few years. And I, I didn't, when I first met my wife in 2008, I had no idea how to play craps. Um, her family was a big craps family. Um, they'd go to Los uh, Atlantic city every Thanksgiving. First time I saw craps, I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but it took me a couple of times, learn how to play. And you know, now it's my favorite game. So I can remember in college, we were playing in um, Northern California in a college event. I'm trying the schools. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, it was by Modesto and kind of in that area. And on the way back, we went through Reno and one of my good buddies on the team, we were standing there in craps and I've known how to play craps for a long time. And he's like, I want to learn how to play. I was like, all right, give me a couple hundred bucks. All right. So we were in, you know, together 400 bucks and he's like, look, and he's like, okay, so what happened? Like, you know, like 10 minutes. I'm like, Hey, give me a couple hundred bucks. You know, like it can go quick too. You know, yeah, <laughs> he's like, I haven't even learned anything. I've lost 200. I'm like, well, you gotta pay attention. The game moves fast. Anyway, that's kind of craps, right? Like it can go like that, but then, you know, you get out there and you start hitting the numbers and repeating the numbers. That's pretty much how I play it too. get the point, play the inside. And then I'll, I'll play the hard ways like that. But anyway, I like the dice in my hands. Yeah. Shriners like children's open TPC Sumler in a place I've spent quite a bit of time at through my journey uh, with uh, the tour academies. We had an Academy at TPC Las Vegas, right down the road. Um, nice area. Love these back-to-back weeks out there. Summerlin, a golf course uh, that you're going to see here now, guys getting into the 20s, well under par, defending champ, Martin Laird. Yeah, Martin Laird won this back in 2020. Kevin Na back in 19. Bryson, younger Bryson, won it in 18. Cantley in 17. You have to go back to 2015. Always a blast from the past. Smiley Kaufman won here. Mm back in 2015 all these guys well into the 20s except Cantley that was a tough year he actually won it at nine under um, but we're gonna have to make some birdies this course the par fives are easy uh, these guys are gonna tear up the par fives there's three of them par fours are easy par threes are tough par threes at this golf course are tough number five is brutal it's fourth hardest hole number eight's brutal second hardest hole number 17's tough third hardest hole so you got three of the four toughest holes historically are the par threes. They're going to make their hay on the par fives. There's three of them. And then on the par fours. And I think, you know, like when you look at this course historically and I've played it, um, you know, I think you're going to see guys hitting a lot of greens, obviously proximity tends to be a little closer here. The ball goes a long ways. So they're going to have a lot of ample opportunities. I do think it's a little more difficult to get up and down on this course. Sometimes I find myself pushing the short game down on the list. I'm probably going to elevate it here. Cause I do think you will need a little bit of short game, but all in all, you're going to hit greens. You're going to hit it close. You're gonna hit the ball far here. So you're going to have to make some putts to get into those twenties. Um, if you want to win. So I want to, I want to get into this right away here and I want to get to the top level of pricing here. And the way we do it, we'll go down each level. We'll give you our thoughts on who we're looking at at each level, who we like, who we're fading. And uh, we'll touch just about most all players. I would not all the players that we get down in the sixes and sevens, but up top here and into the middle, 
We're going to give you a lot of good advice. And beat the book, we start up top here. There's Kepka. First time we've seen him since the Ryder Cup. He's 11,100. There's my boy Burns at 10.9. Victor, 10.6. Abraham Answer, 10.4. Webb, 10,200. And Zal Torres at 10.1. Take me to a couple of names you're liking here up top. Well, the first, you know, that sticks out for me is obviously Sam Burns, you know, coming off his victory last week. He's been one of the most consistent, hottest golfers the last 13 months on tour. Um, he's been absolutely on fire. I know we talked about him a lot last season. Um, so we've played him a lot. So I like Sam Burns. Um, this is a great course for him too, I think. Um, I don't like Hovland. <clears throat> I'm just not sold on the guy. I think he's overpriced, uh, especially for his results. I mean, he seems to get top 20s, but you know, you see him shoot that, you know, one really good round, two poor rounds, and maybe a Sunday he has a good round. Um, so he's just not throwing together four good rounds, you know, very consistently. Um, answer, uh, you know, he screwed me a few times last year. So, you know, in this price range, I'd probably go Burns and Simpson. I, I think Simpson, he had a little time off. So I think he's a little fresh. Um, this is yeah. a great course for Simpson. He, he seems to love these kind of like TPC courses. Um, so I like Burns and Simpson in his price range. Now, one thing I would mention with Hovland, he works with Jeff Smith, who's the director of instruction at this course. So he does spend a lot of time there, at least probably in the last year. I think they've been together for a year. So I'm curious if Hovland has been spending a little more time out on this golf course, I, I think your concerns are noted here. What's holding Hovland back is around and on the greens. Uh, you start getting into birdie fest. Can he maintain right with the putter for four rounds to win? Because at 10,600, that's what you're looking for here. Yeah. Um, I think Zal Torres is interesting. He tied for fifth here last year I'm starting to see a little bit of an uptick in Willie Z's putting three of the last four weeks in the positive so I, I think I'm going to find myself playing Willie Z here um, and I and usually when we get into the 20s I tend to back off as I did a little bit last week I really thought about it but he putted good his ball striking wasn't quite up to where it was I think I'm going to play Willie and I think your thoughts on Webb are spot on I mean he's finished in the top 20 here the last four years. And I think there's a reset button here for Webb. I do think he was hurt, but I do think he hit his driver terrible yeah. last year. So perhaps a reset button for him coming back to a place that um, in the field, when you look at it, no one has gained more strokes than Webb Simpson at this property in the last five seasons. So Webb likes this place and he keeps the ball in front of him off the tee. I think, you're going to play. So yeah, I, I think for me, I think Willie Z Burns and Simpson are probably my guys who knows with Kepka, you know, you get yeah. to these mid tier events. He, he might show up with one eye closed because he just doesn't care. You know, you know yeah. who, who knows, right. <laughs> um, especially, especially in Vegas, you know, I mean, yeah, he likes to throw back those Michelob Ultras. So <laughs> he might drink a few this week, but I agree with you with Zal Torres also. And what's it going to take? I mean, what is it going to take for Zalatoris to get a picture on the DraftKings app? He has an American flag picture right now. Everybody else has their picture. He just doesn't, have, he hasn't had a picture for like a year on, on their app. I, I don't understand. You know, why doesn't he have a, like a picture like, on the, you know, I, 
I thought, I, I wondered the same thing. It's like, what does this guy got to do? Is he actually got to win? Did he request an American flag? I mean, maybe he did. <laughs> but. You know, the win's coming, right? I think with Will, like, he came out, we knew he could ball strike. I think he putted better than he normally does in the first few months. And then the putter kind of chilled and he kind of became it. But now it's like, okay, I see this little uptick here. Yeah. And and you're going to get round two of Will here. He's now he's played the courses, you know? So it's like, okay, the win it's coming. Like I can just sense it. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's coming here in the fall series, um, uptick and putting T five here last year, hitting the ball reasonably well. I think if he kind of, it just feels like maybe the pieces could come together this week for him. Yeah. Um, so I, I like, I'm going to be sprinkling him. I think answer is probably, the only other one that I would be can I would consider. We haven't seen him in a while. Um, he has finished fourth here twice in the last three years, but I think I like the other guys better. All right, let's go to nine thousand. A lot of guys to consider here, starting with Louis. Um, his putter has cooled down a little bit. Let's yeah. just—he's kind of come back to the field here. Louis was putting like Spieth there that year. For a yeah. long time. He's coming back to the fray a bit. Scheffler, first time we've seen him since the big win on Sunday against Rom. He's in the field. Matsuyama uh, is at 95. Scheffler's 97. English, 93. Sanjay, 92. Kevin Na has won here, 91. And Siwoo Kim um, has played where played well here. Two top 15s in the last three years. Um, he's at 9,000. Anyone in the nines interest you? Well, of course, I like Scotty Scheffler, you know, been a big Scotty Scheffler guy for the last year. Uh, you know, as far as Louis, I think this season, I think we're going to see Louis regress a little. Um, what we saw with his putter last season, I mean, it's impossible to keep that pace up. Just kind of like Cantlay in those last few tournaments, like they'll probably never putt like that again in their entire career, to be honest. I think Louis, he's due to come back to earth this season. So I can see Louis having a poor season. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see by the end of the season, Louis down at like 8,000. Um, so just way too high for Louis right now. Um, so Scotty, you know, Harris English, very consistent last season. Uh, probably one of my favorite golfers on tour. He always brings it. Um, you know, he's always going to show up. He's always pretty consistent. When that putter's on, he can be amazing. Um, then, you know, like you said, Siwoo Kim, um, he seems to play well at, every TPC. Um, so probably go with, uh, you know, Scheffler, English, uh, Siwoo Kim be- between those three. Um, not really big on Kevin Na. I mean, he screwed me at the, at the fortnight. I had a max play on him to finish in the top 20. He was looking good the first round. The wheels absolutely fell off in round mm-hmm. two. Um, didn't even make the cut. So I'm low on Kevin Na right now. And Sunjay, you know, this is a guy that, like, like we talked about before, he, he goes to 64 one round, 72 the next, 65 the next round, then closes with a 73. So he's very inconsistent. Um, he's one of the best golfers, but he just can't put together four consistent rounds. So, yeah, Scheffler, English, and uh, Siwoo for me. Check this out with Louis. All right, I'm going to take you back here with Louis' season. I'm going to go all the way back to August 23. 2020. Okay. The Northern trust. 
So he finished, he was coming off a tournament at the PGA where he lost strokes. All right. So starting in August 23 of 2020, he gained strokes in putting all the way until August 29, 2021. (laughs) He never lost a stroke putting for a year on the PGA tour. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, that is so amazing. I'm going to write down this timestamp because he will will never do it again. That will be one hell of a rip. (laughs) I mean, a solid year, never lost a stroke. And how many tournaments did he play in a year? Right. A lot. 25, somewhere in there. So he loses two and a half strokes at the BMW loses 0.5 at the tour championship. So he's coming back to earth and you can see this trend has been happening. Um, so yeah, he, he's, he's back to normal and he finished so what, top 20 what happened, last year. How does that happen? You know, like what, ha- like what, ha- like what goes on? Like, how do you crush it for that long? Then he start losing. Like, like what happens? You know, I don't, I don't well, know. I mean, he didn't, it wasn't, I mean, he lost two and a half at BMW, yeah. which had to feel like he basically forgot how to putt. I mean, like yeah. that just happens. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, just that's quite the heater. I mean, Louis historically, I mean, you go through his career has been, I mean, he's, he's certainly a better than average putter. I do think he's become a better putter as he's gotten older. Um, but that was just an epic run. I mean, he had some incredible tournaments, positive five, positive six, positive four and a half, positive seven at the U S open. I mean, a lot of sixes and sevens. I mean, a major heater of putting. So yeah, I think Louie, I'm probably going to fade. I mean, Scheffler's interesting to me. I mean, he really is. I, you know, he, he hasn't played good here. He's played here twice, made the cut once. And I don't know. I, I think I'm probably going to move away from Scheffler. I'll probably move away from Matsuyama. I do think Harris English is playing good golf, although not my favorite venue for him. You can have Sanjay. He's not for me. I'll take my lumps when he does play well here, like he did last year at T13. I don't love anybody in the nines. I got to be honest with you. Like, I'm just, I look at the nines and I'm like, man, really? Okay. Yeah. I I have a hard time wrapping my arms around Shuffler. I don't know why. I just, I just have a hard time, like, you know, and, and part of it too, for me was, you know, I was the one out there touting Burns over Scheffler for the Ryder Cup, right? Like I was pick Burns. He's the man. And Scheffler played beautiful, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he played great. And then right after that, what happens? Burns is like, oh yeah, check this out. <laughs> so it just shows you how deep the Americans are, right? I mean, you could have put Burns in there and I think Burns would have beat. I really do. I think he would have played just as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I think they would have even well Kevin Kisner in there. Yeah, well, let's not. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, let's pump the brakes. I like Kevin Kisner. I just didn't want him at whistling straights for crying out yeah. loud. I mean, let's pace it. If Kevin would have been there, we probably would have got 20 points. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm not taking anybody ninth. You can have them. The hell with them. I'm going I heavy. We, I, thought, I thought we had to. Huh? No, we don't we have had to. to. Well. But if I had to pick one in the nines... I'd pick English. Yeah, me too. I, I would take English. Although, you know, he missed a cut here last year. I just think English 
He's a, he's a much better player right now than he was a year ago. There's no doubt about that. Much better player and riding high confidence wise. Yeah. All right. I do like some guys in the 8,000s. So we'll get to that here. Starting with Paul Casey, who missed a cut here last year, 8,900. Corey Connors, 88. Kokrak, 87. There's Reed, 86. Sign me up, baby. He's never played here, but he's going to be ready to go. Tringali, 85. See, Tringali's in the Sunjai for me, like automatic me nose. Me too. That's how I am. <laughs> Adam Scott, 84. Neiman, 83. Sign me up. Wolf, 82. Sign me up. Hoffman, 81. Usually sign me up, but I'll pass here. EVR, 8,000. Um, I'll kick us off. I, I like Reed. Um, you know, this, is, this feels like a good spot for Patrick Reed. Never played. Chomping at the bit. Healthy. He's got, he's got some things to, to say. Improve right now, I think. You know, he's coming off that Ryder Cup. And trust me, he wasn't waving pom-poms after they won. And uh, I, I think now it's about let's get focused. We're healthy. Off we go. Let's get back on the the uh, President's Cup team. And it starts right now at a golf course that I think will be just fine for him. Yeah, I think this course plays well for Patrick Reed also. And like you said, he's well-rested. He is healthy. He watched that Ryder cup, you know, without playing in it. And, you know, that had to just anger him mm-hmm. um, because, you know, he probably still wanted to make it, um, but he didn't play, but you know, now he's healthy. It's a new season. So maybe he's ready for some vengeance. Um, the 8,000 I'll first go with Corey Connors. You know, I think Connors is like ready. We saw him break out a little bit last season. I think he's ready. He's on the verge of like becoming a superstar golfer. Um, He's just very consistent. He plays a lot of events. Um, I think he can really take a leap this season and have a great year. So I like Connors to finish in the top 10 at this tournament. I think the course sets up well for him. And if he's putting, you know, if he can consistently putt at this course, I think he can really have a good week. Um, like you said, Tringali, that guy is just no go for me. Yeah. Ever, ever since the, uh, the PGA championship last year, I took him, I think he was like 11 over in three holes. And that was the end of that. So Tringali, no go for me. Adam Scott, he just doesn't really light the fire for me um, anymore. So I like Connors, Reed. Um, Matthew Wolf is like a wild card. This is a guy who can win this tournament or he can come in last place. You just really don't know which Matthew's going to show up. So, I mean, last season we saw... He showed up half the time. He didn't show up half, you know, the other half. Um, there was whispers about him maybe not liking to play golf anymore. Um, so, you know, going to this event shows me that, you know, he wants to start the season off on a good foot. Um, so, you know, maybe this is a place Matthew could, could come in and, you know, finish top five. Um, he's also one of those guys that can play great for three rounds and then just fade in the final round. So, um, I think this is a good price for Wolf at 8,200 because yeah. he's a guy that can win it, you know? So yeah. there's not many of those guys in this price range, but he is one of them. So I think he was at 85 last week and I played him and he finished 17th. Didn't play bad. Um, yeah. I, I really like Matthew Wolf here. I, I think this is a good spot. I mean, he finished tied for second here last year for crying out loud. So it's, it, uh, it's a good spot. I think he's, it seems, I don't know. I know his coach very well. 
Um, but we don't talk about that state with Matthew, but I do think yeah. he's, he's doing a little bit better. And, and I think being closer to the West coast right now and all that, that all plays in his favor. Um, I think Neiman's oh. you got to take a look at Neiman here for sure. Seems like a, just a place that, as I mentioned earlier, you're going to hit a lot of greens and the proximity tighter to the hole. Like, I mean, that just screams Joaquin Neiman. Um, and I think Kokrak's interesting, although his record hasn't been great here. The thing with Connors that you mentioned, Connors reminds me a lot of Victor Hovland. Yeah. You know, it's like, gosh, you know, you, you, they can wear you out with the, with the driver and the, and the irons, but then it's just like, it, it's like a, it can be a slow death watching them around the greens and putting sometimes, you know, he's a lot cheaper though. So he is, it makes it more bearable. You know, the Canadian, he's a Canadian Hovland. Um, yeah. I would definitely Neiman, take Connors over Hovland for sure at that price. I just can't do Neiman cause he has that unibrow. Um, I can't get over that. <laughs> so anybody who has a unibrow, it's automatic fade for me. So just got to pass yeah. on Neiman there. You know who would be fun at the craps table is Patrick Reed. Maybe I think it's he'd wife. be fun. <laughs> See, I think Reed away, like by himself, hanging. With, I, I think I do. I think he'd be like getting on a little runner. That's you know why? You know who I think would be fun at the craft sale after a few beers? Kokrak. <laughs> he looks like he, he looks like he can put down the uh, he can put beers down. You know. Yeah, Kokrak just what like kind of kicking bud heavy. You think? Yeah, he's drinking. The, he's drinking the heavy stuff. The bud heavy, maybe like a, a, I don't know what a like a camel cigarette, just hanging like halfway out. Marble like in his ear. Um, <laughs> you know, I could see, I could see, I could see Neiman drinking Zima at the craft table. You know, he doesn't seem like a big party animal. So <laughs> Zima, they even uh, make car- those anymore? I don't think so. You know, but and another guy I think could you know. Smash down some beers, Charlie Hoffman. Yeah. You know, they look like they can, they can put a few away. <laughs> I, I don't think Hoffman's going to be there. I, yeah. I think there's a chance Kokrak will be though. Although I think Kokrak's a wine guy. I've seen him sipping wine with Perez a lot. Um, yeah. I think Kokrak will some bud heavies, a little marble in the ear. Uh, <laughs> Zima. I haven't heard that in a long time. That's some funny stuff there. All right. So give me Patrick Reed and give me Matthew Wolf in the 8,000s. And then I'll probably consider and sprinkle a little bit of Kokrak. And I have no idea why, because he has no history there. But yet I feel like Kokrak's the better play. I think he's a much better player now than he was. This is when he went on his run. You remember he won. Uh, he won the CJ cup next week. So this is kind of when he started his run last year and, and won twice. So I'll, I'll play a little bit of Kokrak. All right. If he can End stay out of the bunker, if he can stay out of the bunkers, I mean, if Kokrak can stay out of yeah. the bunker yeah, and then, then he's good. But if he, if he hits those bunkers, forget it. Absolutely. All right. 79s, Aaron Wise, Russell Henley. Aaron Wise spends a lot of time at TPC Summerlin. Doesn't show because he's missed the cut the last two years. And Henley just 
Henley's interesting, isn't he? Like he's yeah, he's one of those guys you look at him, stroke scan approach off the chart. Great ball striker. But then it's just up and down with like the rest of the game, right? I mean, can he? I mean, he's been okay here. He's made the cut three of the last four times he's played. I'll probably pass because my boy, Mito Pereira, 78. Sign me up. He's another guy with no picture. Just a, a flag of Chile. Mito Pereira is good. Is is as bullish as I was on San Burns when he came out. I'm right there equally with Mito Pereira. Yeah, I mean Mito. I mean he's a good player. He's young, so you know, in a place like Vegas, I'm gonna prefer those younger guys over the older guys. Okay, you know, like I'll take Mito over Kevin Streelman. Um, cause Mito, I feel like Mito is like, he's happy to be playing full-time on a tour this year. Um, he's excited or Streelman, you know, I like Streelman, but he's getting older. Those gray hairs are popping in more and more. Um, so like his excitement level for each event, we just don't know what it is. So I'll take a younger guy, like Amito Pereira, even a Maverick McNeely, you know, these young guys who are, you know, hungry to make a name for themselves on tour. I'll take them over some of the older guys right now. Yeah, McNeely's, um, yesterday I talked about some of the names that have kind of popped the first two weeks for me and that I find myself writing their name down a little bit. And Mito is first and foremost and has been the number one as that next generation player coming out. Um, McNeely's interesting. I, I think he's I think he's got a a game that, you know, he played very well in the summer there, um, was finishing you know, right around top 20, top 30 consistently. He's a good driver of the ball. Uh, I think his short game is getting better. I think his putting is getting better. I think his approach game is that's where he needs to get a little more polished. Um, missed the cut here last year, but he's a guy that I'm looking at. I, I like, I like Mab. I see improvement and I like that. Like I see a kid that's mature, went to Stanford, and then as I've watched him kind of grow over the last couple of years, you can see steady growth um, in just about every part of the game. Yeah. I don't I, think I mean, he's an elite iron player yet, but when he, if he can become more of that elite iron player, I think Maverick McNeely will win a handful of times on the PGA tour. Cause he's a great driver of the golf ball. And when you can bat, when you can counter that driver out there with great iron play, I mean, you're yeah. just going to be flooded with opportunities. And when you grow up, I mean, when you grow up with a golf course in your backyard, that helps. Um, and like a hundred million dollar house. I mean, you, you better be good at golf because you can get all the instruction you need from like a young age. So, yeah. Um, yep. So That's yeah, true. I mean, once he puts it together and just becomes more consistent, yeah, I think he can really do well. And he seems to do well out West for some reason. I know he he's does. from, Cal he's from California. Yeah, he plays well out west. Um, he played good in. Uh, did he play well in Tahoe? I think. Um, he was second at the AT and T, fourth at the RBC Heritage, and then second at the Fortinet Championship. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so and he should he should have won that. I mean, he should have won that too. He actually he doubled. I think it was on sixteen. He doubled, and on eighteen he was down three. And he eagled. So yeah. I was thinking it was over. I didn't even, you know, there, I was thinking it was over before he even, uh, went to 18 and he eagled, which brought him back to within one. But, 
Um, I thought that Eagle on 18 at the Fortinet was like a little gutty for him. He kind of went for it. Yep. You know, he was still trying to win. He just didn't say, Oh, I, I double bogeyed this hole. I'm done. He still came back and tried to Eagle. So I like that. And, uh, I think he wants to prove a lot of people wrong. And I'm like, you know, I've seen a lot of people like, Oh, you know, this kid's dad's worth a billion dollars. Uh, how much does he really want it? Like he hasn't gone through any adversity or anything in his life. You know, these people I would see on Twitter. Um, but a guy like that has even higher expectations. People expect him to do better than kids who didn't come up in as fortunate situations as he did. And he wants to prove those people wrong. So I think he has a chip on his shoulder as well. Um, and he, you know, who doesn't want to bet, bet on a guy named Maverick? You know, it's a cool, I like the name Maverick, you know, he's kind of like a badass. Great movie. You know? It is. It's coming yeah. out soon. Uh, Top Gun too, right? Yeah. That's a great movie. I love Maverick. I think he's a good kid. I really, I, I enjoy listening to his interviews. Um, I, I, I see, I see growth. I see improvement. And um, I think he's going to, yeah. I, I don't know if I like him here. Yeah. I think so far the names that we've mentioned, Mito is my top guy. And then Russell Henley's probably my second. As we continue on, Harmon's played good here at 7,600. Hmm. He's Harmon's probably in the 7,000s has played the best here. He's got three top 20s in the last five years. I have a hard time, you know, and part of that too, I think is what I mentioned with the short game. You know, I think this is a course, the craftiness around the greens comes into play and Harmon is, is right there. Um, when it comes to that, his iron game can be a little spotty. Um, I have a, again, Harmon's kind of another one of those. I have a hard time wrapping my arms around. Um, I'll probably pass Leishman, believe it or not. First time he's ever played here at 76. Yeah. I mean, you know, Harmon is one of those guys that if I, if I take him in my lineup, he comes to cut. So yeah. uh, whenever I take Harmon, he misses the cut for me. So I'll probably pass on Harmon, you know, I'll pass on Leishman. Um, there's one, no, no Gooch for me. Can you I know, convince just, you of Pat and Kazire who's played here at 7,500? Yes. You know, Kazire, Kazire had a decent season last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Ryan Palmer's, you know, right below him. Palmer started last season hot was on the fire to start the 2020 season and then just kind of fell off a little bit. And then there's a golfer below him that I don't know if we thought three months ago, we'd see at this price range, you know, the, you know, T gala, um, played well last week. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, I think he was, he was in the lead after a few rounds. So, um, another up and coming golfer, another golfer with, uh, the American flag as his picture. So I'm kind of thinking maybe this is like a, Maybe the flag for the picture is like a corn fairy thing, you know? Could be. They have they haven't their had their picture approved yet by PGA. I don't know, but you know, Zalatoris. I know last year had a picture. This year he doesn't. So, um, Tigala. He. I thought he's he's American. Yeah, he's American. He's from California, yeah, he is, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's American. Um, he's from California, right? Yeah, he went to Pepperdine. Yep. The waves. You know, my friend went there. He went to Pepperdine. Very, Big kid. Very good Six school. three. Um, hits it like three fifteen, and you know he's he's kind of a he's a little bit of a throwback. He's kind of got an unusual. He's kind of chases it down the line. It's not like yeah. cookie cutter type of action. I mean, I, I I like him. Um, first time here, struggled on the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. Hopefully, he doesn't like late nights and you know. You drink you know, Zimas and if, stuff because that's not the place to. You know, if he went to Pepperdine, I don't. I don't think he likes late nights because, 
you know, I have my one friend, Kevin, uh, one of my good friends, he went to Pepperdine and uh great kid, 4.0 GPA. I mean, his freshman year, they found a bong in his dorm room. He got thrown out of school. Um, his dad was very pissed to say the least, but after six months, they took him back. Um, I went out there and visited him a few times. Very nice. I mean, the campus, it's like Malibu, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, beautiful oh, yeah. campus. Um, so if anything, he's probably more laid back, but you know, he's still a youngster. So, um, a lot of these youngsters, I mean, a lot of these kids, they don't, you know, they're in the lead in these big tournaments and they're, they're going on the weekend. They don't, they don't know what to do with themselves. I mean, look at Russell Henley, you know, four shot lead going to the final round. Even a veteran like that doesn't know what to do with the lead himself, you know, yeah. you know, crafts it away. So, I mean, it, it's hard to hold the lead in these events, you know, we haven't mm -hmm. seen, I mean, before Cantley at the tour championship, which is like, I don't know if we can count this as a wire to wire winner because like he didn't have the best score. Um, but we, it's been a, we haven't really seen many wire to wire winners on the PGA no. in two years. Um, that just shows you how good these golfers are getting like no lead is safe. Yeah. Um, so, um, T Gala, that's definitely a wild card, but I, you know, at 7,500, that's a little too high for me to go for him yeah. right now. So me it's too. probably not in my price range. I'd rather take a, a veteran guy like Grillo, Grillo you know, 7,400, uh, you know, he might be a little more consistent. Seamus power, you know, another up and coming guy, but he misses the cut half the time. So you just never know which one's going to show up. And yeah, I like Seamus, but he's, he seems to be kind of a little bit on the down right now with yeah. him. Kisner 74. I can see, you know, I, I could see him playing well at this course, you know, not terribly long. Um, he's coming off that chip. Maybe he's got a chip on his shoulder too. You know, he didn't get picked for the Ryder cup team. Maybe he's got, you know, barstool rigs in his corner tone. Hey, you're going to win. You're going to win this weekend. Um, so maybe he comes out and does that, you know, yeah. um, if he I see pick for the Ryder I, cup, he didn't get picked to come on college game day to pick, you know, that was didn't. Harris English. I mean, he's just getting slighted at every single, he didn't. every single yeah. opportunity. I mean, we kind of browsed over Kazire. I do think, for those listening, I, you know, I think when you look in the middle here, the guys that have had the most success at this course, Kazire is number one. Him and Harmon in the sevens have had the most success. Palmer's played okay, okay here. Um, I, I just can't rally with Griot in a putting fest. Um, yeah. Kisner, I'll probably pass. Ortiz, I'll pass. You start getting down here now with Fowler. There's Ricky at 73. Um, Really curious to see Ricky at 73. And I'm really curious to see Cameron Davis at 73. If he can get to some consistency, because we know Cameron Davis can play. He won. Yeah. But he's got to start showing some consistency, I think, as well with his game. He really is up and down. Fowler has been more down. Those are two interesting names for me this year, because Ricky, I mean, no more excuses on swing changes. Like, you've had plenty of time. Um, you know, where are you at? Can you come out and be relevant again? And I think with Davis, can you be more consistent? Yeah. Um, I'll probably pass on both those guys. I'll probably pass on Schwartzel. You start getting down now. Let me give you these names in the 72s. Pat Perez, you know, is gonna enjoy himself here over the next couple of weeks. He'll have uh, at least Luke, one, he'll Perez will shoot at least like a 66 for one round at least. Perez has played good here, you know. Pat, no, not a surprise either, right? Pat Prez playing good in Vegas, not a surprise. 
He finished third in 2020. <laughs> so Luke List has played pretty good here. I mean, he, he I, I I like Luke List here. Um, 72. He missed the cut last year, but he's he had three top 20s before that. Yeah. Bramlett, guy that I'll be looking at this year as well. Bramlett, interesting, interesting player. 72. There's Stallings, 72. I'll pass. Martin Laird. Out of nowhere, wins this thing last year. Damon, Merritt, Sink, Rasmus Hogard, Lucas or uh, Lucas Glover. I like Lucas here. Yeah. Lucas Glover at 7,000. Sign me up. I mean, you know, how did Martin Laird win this last year? That's, that's just what I don't get. I mean, I have no idea. Absolutely. I mean, look at the rest of his season. I mean, you're just like, you know, you win this and you're 43rd, 69th, 38th, 125th, 61st, 23rd, 53rd, 92nd, 104, 78, 57, 75, 76. Um, and those aren't scores. Those are places. Um, so um, I can guarantee you he's not going to win this year. Um, but this is kind of like, eh, kind of like um, he does very familiar with the course. So. I could see him making the cut, um, but I just can't. Uh, I just can't see him winning. I think uh, in the low sevens, the wild card here is Hogarth. Like he Polter. can make a lot of birdies. He's coming over from the European Tour, so I like Polter. You know, Seven thousand. You know, he's a guy that no one knows a lot about. Um, you know, I think when I look at the bottom, because you're always going to fill in here in the sevens. I, I like Glover here. He's played very well at this golf course. Um, I like Munoz. I'm becoming a big fan of him and I'll throw, I'll probably throw Rasmus in there too. I, I think he's a little bit of a wild card that could do some damage here and make a lot of birdies at this course. Yeah. I mean, you look at Hogard. I mean, he won the, he won the Omega European masters. Uh, he got 18th at the Italian open. He got third at the kazoo classic on the Euro. So he's yeah. a guy that like has, like he's won before. Yeah. So I, I, I prefer guys who have won before because they know what it tastes like. Um, mm-hmm. they did something well to win. Um, so they have that kind of like in their DNA. Um, so yeah, he's definitely a guy that at 7,100, um, I think he has more of an upside than say, you know, he's a younger guy. He's still trying to make a name for himself. Um, then you have like Ian Poulter who's older. He plays a ton of events. Um, probably loves going to Vegas, you know? Um, so yeah, I like Hogard at this level. And another guy, you know, at this level that, I just don't know which one's going to show up is, you know, Stallings. Um, he can have those great rounds. He can shoot yep. a 63 and then come back with a 74. So I'm just looking for Stallings to maybe put it together more this year. You know, Damon, another like really nice guy. Um, he has like one of the best stories on tour. Uh, Stuart Sink, like how much does he have left in the gas tank? Yeah. You know, um, he had a great year last year, but he fell off like hard the last couple months of the season. Um, so how much does Stewart sink have in the tank? Uh, Troy Merritt, another golfer that can come out with a 63 and then just totally fall off the map. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of golfers that I look to, you know, could possibly be a first round leader, you know, Merritt sink stallings like that, but then they just fall off Yeah. Uh, for the rest of the tournament. So stallings um, I can't maintain that putter. That's the, yeah, that's the issue with him. And there's a lot of guys in the bottom sevens. I got to tell you, I, you know, I, I like Mito up top, but I, I can come off. 
Henley pretty easy and, and come down here to the bottom of these sevens and feel very good about Rasmus, feel very good about Lucas, feel very good about Munoz. And I feel very good about Norlander. I was on him last week, finished fourth. I like Norlander going in. I'll take him again this week. And you know what? I hate to bring this name up before you because I know he's your boy. But Garrett Higo, I mean, 6,900? Yeah. They're doing that to him? I mean, that's... Well, let's get to the sixes. Let's, let's, give the them, let's give them two names each here in, in the sixes. But it, And I think let's start with Higo, right? Because Higo... So Higo is like... Is what's happening to the European tour, right? And I said this last week, took some beef for it, that the European tour is becoming like basically corn fairy tour Europe. I mean, it's what corn it's becoming. Fairy. Corn fairy West. Corn fairy West. It's what it is. And I, and I don't say that to be, a, I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just that all of their top players, when you look at the guys that are representing the Ryder cup team, they all live over here. Right. And they're playing over here and you have to go down to like number 10, number 11, number 12 on their list, the Richard Bland's of the world to see, you're going to bring the black cat in to see, um, where was I going with this? Oh, so you have to go down to 10, 11, and 12. And those are the guys that are playing the European tour full time, not Rory, Rom, right? They're over here playing full time. So here comes Garrick Higo, young guys, won three times. He comes over to the United States, gets some starts, wins at Palmetto. He's not going back. Or maybe he is. I don't know. I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to go back. These guys are going to stay over here and they're going to play. So I don't know. I just feel like, I, I, you know, that what the European tour and getting more aligned with the PGA tour, I think that's, a, I think it's a good move, but I do think the European tour in time is going to be just a developmental tour, yeah. just like the corn Ferry tour that's feeding the PGA tour. That's basically, I mean, that's what Kepka did. You know, Kepka was a developmental player on the, the European tour. Um, I, I think it's good for these younger guys to go over there because they have a much better chance of winning over there and they're going to get real paychecks. You know, so, I mean, all of these younger guys, I mean, it's, it's all about the money. I mean, really, you know, how many of the top guys, you know, I, I was on the for the people podcast and we were talking about how, you know, those were two PGA golfers right there on the podcast. And they said like, it's tough for younger guys because only like the top 20 guys in the world make money, you know, with their equipment deals. Um, so a lot of these younger guys, it's smart to go to Europe, make some money, maybe get a couple wins under your belt. Um, and then come, come to the United States after you've polished your game up more. Um, so yeah, like Higo, I mean, we've seen him win. he can be great. I mean, you actually had him when he won his first tournament, mm-hmm. um, in his first tournament here. So, um, you know, that was good. Um, yeah, that was a good, he was playing really good. It was a good course for him. Hard, hard course too. I mean, nobody ever played it. Nobody knew anything right. about it. He right. did well. You know, look at this. I mean, when we're in the six thousands, I'm just like, how far has Francesco Molinari fallen off? Yeah. Um, this guy couldn't lose a few years ago. He's on fire until he hits the tree and into the water at the masters. Ever since then, his game has just gone completely to crap, yep. you know? So, um, we know that he's a guy who can win, but I, I might like Eduardo over Francesco at this point, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, he's fallen. How far has Matt Kuchar fallen? Um, 
You know, he's way down there. Trey Molinex is interesting. He's down there at 66. Played good last week. I've been making some hay down here in the sevens and the sixes as of late. Like, and I think when I look at it, sixes aren't quite as, they're not speaking to me as clearly um, as usual. I, I think Scott Piercy is probably the one that if I just take the name out of it and I'm looking statistically is probably the guy that I like the most here. Piercy has played this course a ton. He also works with Jeff Smith. Um, I got a name. He's probably, I hate to put the name Scott Piercy out there, but he's probably the guy that I would, that I would go with here. That Hayden Buckley, it could be really special too. He's 66. One of the rookies, I'm, I'm kind of looking at him um, at this place. I think he's very interesting to me at 66. I'll probably be playing him a little bit. Who's your name? Watney? I like, I like KH Lee. Mr. TPC? Yeah. If you look at him, I mean, he won the Byron Nelson. He got six at the 3M. He got 24th at the Wyndham. He got 12th at the BMW. Um, so he's playing some great golf. I mean, this... I'm kind of surprised he's down at 67, uh, to be honest, um, because I would definitely take him over Piercy Jones, Nia Smith, uh, ZJ. You know, I feel like ZJ can grind out that top 40 finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as winning, I think KH Lee gives you a chance to finish in the top five, top 10, top 20. And that's really like what you're looking for at this 6,000 level. I mean, realistically, any guy you take in the 6,000, you're just praying they make the cut. You know, but I think, oh, yeah, I think, sure. I think, I think KH Lee gives you a chance to, you know, win it. Um, especially like you said, at the TPC. So, mm-hmm. um, KH Lee, I'd probably go with at this level. Right. Um, Kucher, I mean, ah, just, he's getting up there in age. Same with Snedeker. Um, it's either Kuchar hit or miss. Just it out there. Not one top 10, you know, last year for Kucher. That's crazy. Oh, I think. Chess and Handley. I'll go with Hank Lebiota, 63. Yeah. Florida State's finest, you know. I think 60, you know, Lebiota, we haven't seen him in a while. Um, but Hank Lebiota was, was playing some really good golf, really coming together. I like his game for this course, too. Um, 6,300. Yeah, I, I like I like Hank Lebiota at 63. And then I just had... My computer just switched. Hold on a second here. And then if I had to go all the way, if I had to give you one down even lower than that, I think I would take Mark Hubbard at 61. Those are 61 Hubbard, 63 Labiota. Um, I could see myself going to Hadley here a little bit if I yeah. wanted to mix it up. And then, yeah, I think I got to throw Piercy in. And I think Piercy is a guy that's played here a ton. He's played well here. His coach is here. You know, he spends a ton of time here. This is. Yeah. Um, I like Labiota also, you know, Florida yeah. state grad. I like Hank. I think this could be, he could keep this thing rolling. He's a good, he's a, he's a flashy player. He does a lot of really good things. He does. And when he gets hot, he goes on like those birdie streaks. Um, he played mm-hmm. well, you know, he, he had a couple, you know, four or five back-to-back great tournaments last year before like the, the end of the year, he kind of fell off a little bit the last couple. Um, but 
I think at, you know, in this price range, he definitely gives you a guy that can finish in the top 10, at least top 20. Um, so really when I play guys in the six thousands, that's really all I look for. Cause I know a guy like Lahiri, um, Straka, you know, Putnam, um, Ryder. Um, these are guys that probably aren't going to don't have a chance to finish in the top 20. I can see even like a Brian Stewart finishing in the top 20. Yep. Um, if he gets hot, Wallace, not consistent enough for me. Jimmy Walker, I don't even really look at. Um, but yeah, like, you know, maybe the postman, the postman plays good in, in the West coast. So maybe he could have a nice tournament, you know, doc Redman, doc Redman seems to always have one good round at every tournament, but he just cannot put it together. It seems like it almost seems like this golf game is hard and it's hard to play good for four rounds. Um, so you just have to look for a guy that can play good for four rounds. Um, and a lot of these guys, I just don't see it. That's why when you get a guy like, you know, Brendan Todd, how is he going to do this season? You know, yeah. last season was kind of a disappointment after a 2019 where, you know, he pretty much set, set everything on the fire. Um, Harry Higgs. I think Harry Higgs is becoming a more consistent golfer. Um, he seems like he's getting, he's improving. He's taking those. Uh, I know he's hanging out with Phil Mickelson a lot. So maybe he's picking stuff up from Phil. Um, so Higgs, um, Sabatini, you know, he's, he, I see he's wearing that Olympic silver medal everywhere. Um, he's been playing, you know, pretty good lately. So I might actually take a look at Sabatini at this level too. Uh, so there's a bunch yeah. of guys, there's a bunch there of guys you can pick up in this level and you're getting really good quality golfers for, for the six thousands. I mean, the, you know, I, the names in the six thousands for this tournament are a lot better than you're going to find at most. Oh so. yeah, I agree. Totally agree. It's a good feel. I mean, it's a good tournament. There's a lot, there's, there's certain, I, I like the top end way more than I like the nine thousands. Um, you know, there's a couple guys in the eight that I'll certainly go at, but I, I, I'll be, I think I'll be spending a lot of time in the sevens and then sprinkling a few more guys than normal from the sixes. So I'll probably go top heavy with, you know, some sevens and sixes underneath, um, this week that in the way that it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, panning out. So yeah, first of two in Las Vegas, um, we'll see, uh, We'll see how it goes, but we'll come back again next week and uh, we'll do it again. I had a question for you. I think I saw a few weeks ago, you tweeted that you shot like a 62 or something like that. Yeah. I shot shot 63 at Coeur d'Alene resort. Yeah. With a bogey on two. Huh? At the the tough course to it. No, 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 it's not that hard. No, anybody, anybody pretty straightforward. I mean, it's, it's a resort course. There's a couple tough holes, but I mean, I, that's like the best run I've played since college. So what's the course record there? Uh, 61. I didn't tip it out though. I was kind of up. I was up a little. So you're not bad at golf is what you're saying, right? I mean, I can, I've actually been I, playing pretty good of late. I've, um, and I, I heard you give a few lessons too. Yeah. That's my, that's my trade is teaching for years, but, um, not as much anymore, but I still teaching three days a week with all the media stuff, but yeah, I've been, I've been playing the last month or two. My putter's been good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, that's that's, that the, the about golf studio that you, yeah, you are. Is that in, is that in like the West coast? 
Uh, Bow Golf is, um, well, their headquarters, they have a couple different spots, primarily in Ohio, but I have a full studio being built here in Ponte Vedra, and it'll have a, a Bow Golf simulator in it. Then I'll have to come up there and you'll have to give me private lessons. Yep. Um, and that, come on up know, to Ponte Vedra. You're not far. That would be nice to do an episode in there. You know, yeah, we'll, I'll the get the studio set up. Um, probably be December ish, you know, somewhere in there. And then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll have it. It's going to be like state of the art next level. Not messing around here. I might just, just remember, create it. I might create like a, a Vegas style situation in there. Just remember this show when you, when you make it bigger, right? When you're too famous yeah. for us, you know? Absolutely. You're always welcome on the show. Shit. You're coming back next week. Who else could you have for Vegas? Really? You know, <laughs> I need a professional, I need a professional craps player. How about, how about Vegas. next week? Next week. How about I give like, I'll give two football picks out on the show. That would be okay. pretty good. Huh? That sounds good. We'll kick off with the two. We'll, we'll kick off with the two picks. So sounds good. Maybe a world series pick too. So you never know. All right. So we'll wait for it. Thanks for having me. Bye, on. Buddy. Thank you. We'll see you it. next week. Tomorrow we have, uh, let's see, Lucas Herbert is on the podcast nice. tomorrow Thanks. with Froggy. He missed the cut the first two weeks, Fortinet and Sanderson Farms. So maybe I didn't hop on there and give him a lesson or something, get him, get him ready to go. All right. Sounds we'll see good. you next week. Beating the book. All right. See ya. Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control and distance encore recently added the vero x1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls one that already included the golf digest gold rated elixir and low compression avant 55 through its full suite of golf balls encore can help transform any golfer's game visit encoregolf.com backslash travis fulton for more info about encore and start revolutionizing your game now back to the stripe show podcast